0: You're a good mom, Jesse. Well, I don't feel like it, Maureen. Let me tell you. All they do anymore is bite, scratch, fight, throw toys across the room. The constant trips to the bathroom, if we make it to the bathroom. Then you have to clean up those messes. And between homework with the girls, I'm just worn out. I can't, I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. I'm worn out. Jesse, you sound like you need some encouragement. That would be good, Maureen. Well, we should go over to the prophetic team because they're, if they're for. No, 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 Maureen. I can't go to them. They'll know I don't read my Bible. They'll know I'm not praying. No, I can't. But I really believe God has a word of encouragement for you today. I'll go with you. Let's go see the prophetic team. Okay. Hello, would you like to know what God has to say about you today? Yes, I would. And I want to know, I've got this new car I'm looking at, and I want to know if you guys think I ought to buy it. And then I'm wondering, I'm thinking about a new job, and I'm wondering what God thinks of that new job. And then grandkids, I really want more about, I really don't want triplets this time. Can we, can we go down a notch, maybe twins or maybe single births? That'd be wonderful.
1: Uh, Sarah, let me take you to another leader what? that pray for like, direction. We're here to give encouragement and things. So oh. here we go.
0: Jessica really needs a word of encouragement today.
2: Well, Jesse, I just had a dream about you last night. And the Lord was saying in that dream, he was so pleased with you. And you have much favor. He has given you much favor. You have labored in love and ministered to your children. And you have planted seeds in them. And you have trained them up in the way that God says to train them up. And because of that, God said that he is going to fulfill the destiny that he created them for. And because of that love and, and, and what you did that all of them will serve him. All of them will serve him. They will be leaders and lead many to the Lord. That is your promise from the Lord. And Jesse, when I look
3: at you, I just see a tree full of fruit. And it's just blowing in a breeze. And the Lord wants you to know that that tree of fruit is you in your life. You have much fruit there and that breeze is the wind of the Holy Spirit and he's just coming forth refreshing you enabling you not just to get through each day but refreshing you with new strength
1: and Jesse the Lord would he would say to you, you are a mighty woman of God never doubt that and he sees the way that you raise your kids and deal with your husband and that he says that He is well-pleased. He is well-pleased because of the way that you are raising them.
4: And Jesse, I feel like the Lord is just right now giving you new strength. And he's going to provide those times of respite just for you and him to spend some time together.
0: Amen. Thank you. I'm so glad I came up. I just needed that.
3: Prophecy, sometimes it's a little scary. Sometimes we don't know what to make of it. And when we talk about prophecy, we rank it right up there with speaking in tongues. It evokes all kind of emotions. But the prophetic teams here this morning, we want to just let you see that prophecy is a simple gift from God. Hearing from God and delivering the message that he has. The prophetic team, let me introduce you. There's Maureen Morris. The one that wants everything is Sarah Woods. (laughs) Jessica Zikafu's, Mary Moore, Jim and Belinda Wolf, and I'm Nancy Carter. As I said, prophecy, we make it out to be more than it is. We think, oh, it's so supernatural, I don't want anything to do with it. But how much more supernatural can you get than your salvation? The fact that Jesus, fully God, came to earth, still fully God and fully man, and died on the cross for us. But he didn't stay in hell. He arose victorious, and we can live victorious in him. That is supernatural. And so, when we talk about the gift of prophecy, that's nothing to be scared of. Yes, we've all heard of those times when there have been the flakes out there, those that have wanted to perform and those that have wanted to bring attention to themselves, maybe the psychics, and maybe those that have given a wrong word or we misunderstood it in the wrong way. I remember Eric saying, "There's the flakes, there's the fakes, there's the nuts, there's the fruits." But God is still God, and God is still faithful. Sometimes we get discouraged because things don't happen the way that we thought they would. When Eric died, Pastor Eric died, Mary and I were in the middle of teaching a prophetic class. Thirty-some people enrolled in it, and, and Pastor Eric was calling. Even though as sick as he was, he was calling to check to see how the class was going. And after he died, it was hard because we talked about it, and it's like, do we really want to finish the class how do we know that God is still speaking to us? And that may be where you're at today, is God still speaking to us? But regardless of all of the whys, as Aaron said, regardless of the things that we don't understand, God is still God, and God still speaks to us, and he wants to share his heart with us. And that's all prophecy is, God sharing his heart with us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. It says, pursue love. God loves us. And God always has something good to say about us. Even when we can't find anything good to say about ourselves or about one another. God always has something good to say about us. And so prophecy is based in love. And God, as he gives us that word, he wants us to deliver that word in the same love that he has for people. It says desire spiritual gifts. Pastor talked about spiritual gifts last week. We have no problem receiving finances. We have no problem receiving him as a pastor. We have no problem receiving teachers. No problem receiving miracles. No problem receiving a check in the mail for a million dollars if someone wanted to send it. But we have problems sometimes believing that God Almighty wants to speak to us. And maybe through another person. But if God can speak through a donkey, then he can surely speak through us. Right? This desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And why is prophecy so important? It goes on to say because it's for our edification, it's for our exhortation, and it is for our comfort to edify us, to build us up, to exhort us, to encourage us. Are there days when you just don't have the courage to go? And it's like, oh, God, just like with Jesse, just a word to let me know, God, you're there. Pour that courage into us or that comfort for someone to come along beside us and link arms with us and say, we can make it. God is that comfort to us. It's there to edify the church. And we need to use prophecy to edify ourselves. God speaks to us, and we need to declare Those promises, those prophecies over ourselves, sometimes we look to other people and God wants us to encourage ourselves. And then it's to build up the church. If we are called to minister to the lost, how are we going to do it if we are weak, emaciated people? God wants us to know who we are and to build ourselves up. And then we take it forth to the lost. A couple weeks ago, we had the three T's service, the worship service on the third Tuesday. And if you don't come, you need to. It's awesome. But Aaron called people forth that had relationship issues. And he called Mary and I to come up for prayer. And before Aaron even got to us in prayer, Jim came over and prayed for us and gave us an awesome word of God, how God was going to move in our family. And then Aaron, not knowing that, he came and gave basically the same word. It gave comfort to us. It gave encouragement to us. It built us up so we could continue to go forth in the battle. That's what prophecy does. God breathes upon us through his Holy Spirit. He wants to light us on fire for him to encourage us to build us up. Don't make prophecy into something it's not. It's very simply God speaking to us. There's a quote I want to end with, and it's from Kenneth MacDonald. An article called A Prophetic Ministry is God Real. He said, imagine a teacher. He can point to a tree and identify it by name. An engineer can look at that tree and estimate the thousands of matchsticks being harvested out of it. A chemist can combine sulfur and phosphorus to create those matchsticks. But a prophet can come in and with a word he can strike those matches. That's what prophecy is. It strikes the fires within us. God's life, a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. So that we are built up and can go forth. Prophecy is so simple hearing from God. Just as an example, Leah, God wants you to expect the unexpected. You are praying big prayers. God says, go even bigger. Expect the unexpected. And he gave me a scripture for you during praise and worship. It's Luke 1:45. Blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord.
4: My heart is about ready to beat out of my chest here. I have to go back and do this first while I still have it. This couple sitting in front of Vicky and Scott. God wants you to know that he is going to pour out his spirit upon you in a great way. And in the next ways, get ready, because you're going to see him move like you've never seen him before. And the days to come are going to be greater than anything you have ever experienced in your life. My purpose for speaking today is to just to let you know how the prophetic has encouraged me throughout my life. And uh, I was raised in a spirit-filled church. I went to church a lot with my mom, so I always was telling the first service, I always look forward to two parts of the service. The praise and worship part, I love praise and worship, and the preaching was okay. As a kid, it was kind of boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> but And then I always looked forward to the end of the service when the evangelist or the pastor would get up and you know, we went to a lot of special services, and, and they would call out people and, and say, you know, this is what God is saying to you. And I would think, Lord, do you really have something good to say about me? Do you have good plans for my life? I want to know. You know, and, and so many times the Lord has spoken to me through someone when I have been having the worst day. I feel down. I don't like myself. And they'll just come up and say, God wants you to know. He loves you. You are beautiful. You are the apple of his eye. And you know, that's not how I see myself, but that is how God was seeing me, you know. And talk about just feeling his love. And you know, there have been many times when God has spoken and confirmed things that I've been praying about. You know, Jim and I have been he was he was thinking about changing, moving from Cambridge and coming up here to Logan Elm to uh take a job. And we have been seeking the Lord on that. And we went with a group of people to this church where this guy with it, a prophetic anointing was going to be speaking. And uh, and out of all of the people that were there, God confirmed through him that he told Jim, he said, God is going to make a change in your work. He's going to move you up and up and up. And people who had made fun of him before in his profession, he was going to be signing their paycheck. You know, I mean, because there had been a time in his life where he was down, where he had been to a low point, but God had chosen to bring him and raise him up and bless him because he had committed his work to God. Um, I can tell you of another time my children, you know, we like to, I've, I've always been intrigued by prophecy. I would always want God to use me in that way. And God has confirmed that through Mickey Robinson and several people that he would use me occasionally in the gift. But when my kids were little, some these people who had a prophetic anointing came to the church, prayed over them, They put it on a little cassette tape. The kids could put it in their cassette tape and listen to the good things that God had to say about them, the good plans. You know, when I get down, sometimes I'll take those out that I've read and remind myself, God, this is what you say about me. These are the plans you have for me. But uh, Zach, he was only like five years old, and most of you know Zach. He's, He's musically talented. He's played on our worship team before. When he was five years old, someone who did not even know him, spoke that God had given you the ability to play many instruments and if you know Zach he is living in Nashville right now fulfilling his destiny in the Lord you know and I pray that he will fulfill God's destiny and purpose for his life I just speak that over him right now Anyway, (laughs) but I want to read this scripture to you and then I'll end it says And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And that's just not a select few of it. It says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. If you have God's Holy Spirit in you, he can use you. He can speak to you, and you can be his mouthpiece to encourage, exhort, and and lift up people in His name. So you can be used in the gift of the prophetic.
1: Wow. Okay, my uh, I have a pretty big, broad topic. It's how God speaks. Now, I just wanted to reiterate God, couple Prophecy is hearing from God and then speaking to men. And a prophetic word has the power to do three things. It can create, it can form, and it can transform. Let me read this to you real quick. It says, God created and formed Adam according to his likeness. He formed Adam from the dust of the earth. He then transformed them into living beings through the breath of life. We have that same ability because he breathes that breath of life into us. So we, can, we have the ability to breathe life into, to, into other individuals. And, um, But, you know, I got 15 things on here, but I'm going to go this. I'm, I'm just going to go different, different. We make hearing from God too difficult. Because we sit there and we sit and we go, oh, no, from that one. Why would it? I think I want to go with what Nancy said. Why would the creator of the universe want to talk to me? Why would he, you know, sometimes my boss doesn't even talk to me. Why would the creator, the one who hung the stars, even want to talk to me? We make it a lot difficult. A lot more difficult than it is. We go looking for things. There's been times when I'm having a real rough day and I'll be in a car in front of me that has a bumper sticker that says, God loves you. That speaks to me. Was that a prophetic word? God put it in that path. I remember one day that I was going to quit work. I was going to quit. I told Belinda, I said, this is terrible. All my teachers hate me. They hate me, I'm going to quit. A kindergartner came in my room and looked at me and she goes, Mr. Wolf, I've got a song I want to sing to you. And the song said this, why do you worry when the battle is the Lord's? And she smiles and she takes off and goes the other way. And I there and go like, you know what? And to this day, I don't even know if that kid was a student at that school. I don't even know. I don't even know who it was. She may have been. She may have been just. It may have been an, one of the things is an angelic visitation that may have been one of those. I don't know. But you know, after that, it was. It was. It was. It, it's bizarre. But see, we make it too hard because we like to do all this. We get our minds all filled with this other junk, and you know what it is. It's about a relationship with God. This relationship here. You know, I have relationships with a lot of people here. And sometimes they let me down, but this one here never does. And once we get that relationship right, then we can say, Lord, here I am. I want more of you, less of me. You know, there's a lot of um, things in here. I mean, there's like, Mary's going to talk about dreams, but um, visions. There's, we, we can have Visions. We can uh hearing the, hearing the voice of God. There's a still, small voice. There's an internal, audible voice, and there's an the external voice. See, sometimes we want to hear that. We want to hear that thing saying, Jim, Jim, come outside. You know, but sometimes we get that thing inside of here. And you say, oh, I can't be. The scary ones is when you get that unction inside of you, and you're in the line at Walmart, and it's the woman ringing your stuff. And you, got, and you have to tell them, you know, I just want to tell you that God loves you. Sometimes that's all it takes. It doesn't have to be some huge scriptural thing. Sometimes it's a smile. Sometimes it's just embracing someone and crying with them. That can be prophetic. It's just people got to know that God loves them. I think the big thing is prophetic. the prophetic gives them hope. It gives people hope. It renews. But it all goes back to that relationship and spending time with, 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 with your heavenly Father. I can go over all fifteen of these, but I'm not going to because I think that's going to be an individual thing with you. To say, Lord, how do you want to speak to me? It may, th- it may be through a burning bush. I don't know. If it is, take a picture because I want to see it because I've, I've, I've been. Because sometimes I think that's what it takes to get my attention. Um, you know, when that little girl came in there, that got my attention. Because it was all about me for at that time. All about me. And when I finally decided to say, you know what? No, Lord, it's not about me. I need to give this to you. Things took an upswing. Got a lot better. So I guess my encouragement is to you that spend time with him. Because sometimes we just... And I, like I said, sir, first service, we sit around and we do nothing. And I, I'm very guilty. Okay, I'll watch the end of this baseball game. Hmm, there's a football game on. And you know what they've done now? They've made your TV where you can have like six screens on at once. And you can watch like six different games at one time. Amazing. And I can sit there, and, I'll, and I don't even know what the score is. I'm just watching all six of them at once. And that's very bad for an ADHD guy because I'm there going, Oh, yeah, this is good. I can't focus on anything. So, uh, uh, but the thing is, that's the time when I got, and I even catch myself watching the last ten minutes of a movie that I've seen like thirty times, which I don't know. That's the time when I just do nothing. I'm sitting there doing nothing. That's the time I got to pick up the Word of God and say, "Lord, speak to me, speak to me." Because some of the most powerful words that I have spoken over me were basically were scriptural. They were scriptural based. And they've compared me to maybe someone in the Bible. They went through this situation, this is what you're going through, because it relates it's real life. I encourage you to start if you're not spending you don't think you spend enough time with the Lord, start with five minutes. Meditate on the scripture. and I guarantee you that time with him will become so sweet that you'll start to miss it. If you don't do it, you'll miss it and you'll want more and you'll want more. And that five minutes will become ten. That ten will become fifteen. And then it will be an hour. And then you'll be going like, gosh, why wasn't I doing this? Because your life, things, your relationships will be healed. And then he'll be speaking to you and speaking to you. And then you can encourage others. But it's not hard. It takes two things. That relationship, and then when you get something, be obedient.
2: I'm going to speak on dreams. When uh, everybody dreams, everybody dreams, and so many people says, well, I don't dream. I never remember my dreams, but everybody dreams, and uh, when I got saved, I began to have these dreams that were different, and uh, I remembered them, and I'm thinking, wow, I know this this is significant so I ran to the pastor and I says I'm having these dreams what's it mean and so we began to work on these dreams as I began to have them I knew nothing about dreams and how God would speak to me through dreams but I just knew this is how God used me everybody is used differently I wasn't any more special or anything it's just how he used me where somebody else you know God uses in wisdom and and knowledge and and different different things so I was a dreamer, and, and that's how God spoke to me. And so um, I, I, I just kind of researched it and, and uh, researched the Bible, and, and God speaks about dreams. It's just not something freaky that happens. God, in, uh, in the word in Genesis, Joseph, um, he had dreams back to back, and it was a foretelling dream, and that's what God was telling him. It was a prophetic dream that one day this would happen. Also, in the New Testament, it talks about dreams about Joseph um, when King Herod was out to um, murder people, and he had Joseph to flee to um, Egypt. And so, that was a a dream that God says, you know, it was a warning dream to go forth. So, God does speak to us in the Old and the New Testament. There are kind of three um, types of dreams. One is just a simple message dream, and that's where God just speaks Just simple, simple. You can understand it. You wake up and you know what God is saying. And just like Thursday night, um, um, I just had one of those doubt days that we all have. Be honest, we all have them. And uh, even though I had been in prayer, uh, I just, heaven was brass. and, And it just brought that doubt. God, do you even hear me? You know, I'm, I like the conver- I like the prayer days that he's talking to me too, and I'm talking to him, and he's talking to me. That's what I love and his presence. But I just felt, you know, something was happening, and I just had that doubt. And that night when I, when I went to sleep, I had a dream, and it was a two-part dream. One part was to do intercession for someone, but the second part of the dream was I was in a church service, and somebody came up to me and says, that guy has a word for you. And I looked behind me, and there was this guy that I didn't even know, and he came up to me, and I thought he was going to speak a word, and he began to sing, sing over me. He just had that word, and he sang, your words are going to heaven. And God was saying, don't doubt me. You know, it's, it's a two-way conversation, and, uh, and he sang it three times. And so it encouraged me. When I woke up the next morning, and that, I was... The presence of the Lord just lingered there. And, and it was just a breakthrough. It was just a one-day thing. And I was, I, I was so encouraged. And so God encourages in a dream. And, and it was just um, getting his point across. The second um, type is, is symbolisms. And this was like when I first started having dreams, I knew nothing what represented anything. It's like the parables. You have to say, oh, like the disciples said, oh, I don't understand that. They just took things um, um, like in the natural. But in the symbolic things, he uses something for something. And like I had a dream. I was in the old sanctuary, and there was um, I wanted to fill my gas tank up. I wasn't low on gas or anything. I had plenty of gas, but I wanted more. And so, but in the dream, I just it just didn't fit to fill my car up. I had to move it up in order for the nozzle to fit in my gas tank. And when I moved it up, then I was able to be filled up. And God's saying, You're all the time going, you know, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up you know, a greater anointing, but God said, in order to have that greater anointing, you're going to have to move forth. So many times, we just don't want to do anything, and we want that anointing. We want uh, all of, all of everything, but God says, nope, when you move forward, and you go forth and what I've told you to do, the anointing will come, and you will get filled up. So that was, um, symbolic because the car ministry the fuel the anointing and and so there's symbols there and I knew no symbols at first but as I began to dream and talk to different people I began to understand what the symbols were to understand it more and this uh book that I got understanding the dreams you dream has a lot of symbols in it and and so it, it was really it's really nice when you have a dream and you go look it up and maybe you know that's what God is saying and the third kind of dream is really, really complex. There is no way when you wake up that you're going to understand this dream. And it really takes an interpreter. It takes someone to, to help you out to seek God for a divine revelation of it. And, and so most of these dreams are really, really long and uh, really complex. But, you know, God's got that right person in your life to help you out with that. And so those are the, the three ways that um, that God speaks to me. Also... There is three ways that God speaks, and it's through God. God will bring revelation to you. Another kind is God speaks through us, just self, the pizza dreams, the everyday dreams that we dream. And the third one is the devil also brings you dreams, and and those are the demonic um, nightmares. And so they come too. And so. You think, you know, what kind of dreams does God give us? Well, there's list and list, but I've wrote down uh, destiny dreams. God gives you dreams uh, for your destiny to encourage you to, to put it out there. And the first dream he ever gave me for the destiny was um, he told me to go to the church at 8.15 in the morning. I was a baby Christian, didn't know how to pray, didn't know anyone. And he tells me to go pray with the church at 8.15 in the morning for the prayer meetings. And I'm thinking, oh, I can't do that. But if I would have said no, that was part of my destiny. All I had to do w- was to be willing. And so, so that was a destiny dream. Uh, the next one, he does correction dreams. He corrects you in your dreams. And believe me, I have been corrected many, many times. And, um, and then there are... Um, purification and holiness dreams and in one of those uh while i was sleeping one night i had a dream that i there was a fire just a great big fire and then all of all these shapes and forms began to change and 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 through that dream i believe that the lord was saying that you're going to come you're going to begin a refining and many things are going to change in your life and and i began to pray over that and it did I went through such a darkness and a hard time and and it was a refining and uh, many things changed in my life so God prepared me for that in advance another one is a heart revealing dream sometimes we don't know what's in our hearts but God does and I I had been healed of I thought everything and then God gives me a dream we was getting ready to go to a a conference in Alabama a, a, a friend and I and in my heart, there was an area that wasn't healed. And I thought, oh, I thought I was healed of everything. And so God just let me know that I wasn't. So I went to this conference, and he did, a, that weekend, he did a supernatural healing. I mean, it was supernatural. I didn't do anything. He just let me know, this is what's happening to you in advance. I knew that something had taken place. So those are just some of the things why God gives a dream. So... Just a a couple things I've learned. Um, If you have a dream and it goes on and on and on and on, and there's only a couple things that stand out, then that's all you are to know in that dream. Sometimes I would try to figure out every little detail, and then when I went through the prophetic class, Nikki said, you don't have to mess with all of that stuff. If it it doesn't have a meaning, just leave it alone. It's just part of the dreaming. What sticks out is what God wants you to remember. So that really helped me, because sometimes I'd have long dreams, and I'm thinking, but what about that? And so just sum it up. Also, if you have dreams about people, uh, most of the time... It's not even the people that uh, in the dream. Like if God, like if God is saying um, you have a dream about a person, and God uses another person, you know, it's not that person in the dream that God's want you to pray for. It. I have learned that God doesn't want you to look at that person. He wants you to look at Him and pray for that person who that represents. Especially sometimes they have the same spirit or they, you recognize that. I know one time I had a dream about a person that kind of had a, a spirit of rebellion, and the person who came against me had that spirit of rebellion. So it wasn't that, and I didn't put you know, my eyes on that person because it wasn't her. And so you might want to check that out with God. Is this the person that the dream represents? Because sometimes it is. You just have to seek God. And so um, what do you do? What do you do with these dreams when you have them? Well, the first thing that I do is after I think about it all morning... I write it down because I have dreams from 1983 and I told my daughter, if I ever die, just burn everything because it's hard to tell what I've said about those dreams and I love to go back over them to see, you know, how I missed it or what happened there. And so write them down, pray over them and see what God wants you to do with them. What kind of dream are they and what purpose did he give you the dream for? You know, there's all kinds of things that um, he might want to show you. So like if I... And, and you have to be obedient in those dreams. If I hadn't went to the church at 815, I would have never learned about prayer. I would have never prayed. I would have never grown. I would have been stuck right there in that place because uh, of the destiny dream. There's so many dreams that God just gives me, you know, to do this, do this, do this. And I just, I just don't look at me. I just look at God. And so there are so many things that God talks to us about uh, dreams. There's also a lot of symbols, Um, I just want to go over uh, some of the symbols that he uses and um, what means different things. And a house in a dream represents your life, present circumstances. Vehicles usually represents ministries or calling or your purpose. Flying in a dream is not a flagginess or weird. It's really a good thing. If someone's flying, they have a spiritual level to rise above. Uh, if you have dreams of dying, that's not normally literal. If you have a dream that somebody's dying, don't look at them and say, oh, they're going to die. You know, you might want to pray protection over them and, and uh, for God to protect them. But more or less, they, they mean um, something passing away or departing from your life. And so a shower means cleansing. If you're uh, dreaming about you being pregnant, don't panic. If you don't want to be pregnant, especially if you're 50 or 60 years old, do um, Because it means that God is birthing something in you. So it's a really good thing if you have a dream about being pregnant. Also, relatives, alive or dead, it means generational issues of your life. And also dreams of uh, going through open doors indicates changes coming, opportunity, promotion, and advancement. So I I really hope that some of these things will speak to um, some of you that do have dreams.
0: Everything that was done here today, this morning, everything that was said was done to explain the prophetic and what it is that the prophetic team does when we're up here in front. And I just want to say about the prophetic team I know these people well. I know every one of them has a heart for God, loves the Lord. Every one of them is trustworthy. If they say that they're giving you a word from the Lord, they truly believe that they've sought God and they're not just giving you something of themselves. And they want you to be encouraged. We want you. I say they, we. We want you to be encouraged. We want you to be encouraged. And you may have noticed sometimes when we minister to people that they walk away laughing. Um, they've been ministered to in laughter. Maybe they walk away with, in crying. In the first service, I blame that on Jim Wolfe. But... <laughs> But it's not Jim's fault. It's the way God chooses to minister to that individual. God knows what's going on in your life. We may not know anything about what's going on, but God does. And he knows how to minister to you, to, to touch you. And, and almost 100% of the time, people look at us and say, thank you, I needed that, or, or that touched me, or that was exactly right. And so God knows how to touch you. And, and if, you know, if we're doing our thing and we're listening, then we're praying forth what God wants you to hear. And you don't have to wait Until you are entirely frazzled, like a mom with triplets. I thought about this a while ago. You don't have to get that far gone. If you've had a bad morning, if you've had a bad day, if you've had a bad week, and you need lifted up, you need encouraged, come up to the prophetic team. Let them speak into your life. Let them encourage you. If you know you're going to have a stressful week ahead of you or the holiday's coming up and you need build up in the Lord, let the Lord build you up. Come to the prophetic team and let him pump you up and get you ready for what's coming, what you might know is coming or what you might not know is even coming. But um, just come to be encouraged and receive that encouragement of the Lord. And in a minute, we're going to open this up, let you guys have an opportunity to come up. Let us pray over you, see what God has to say. Anybody got Uh, right now we're going to do individual words if anybody has any I know most of them have already given some but this couple right here you, yeah God said to me uh, seek him he has something for you and you know there's the ask, the seek and the knock okay so we have to do these things we have to ask, we have to seek we have to knock we need to be doing those things and God said you go ahead and seek him because he has something for you and he wants you to find it To look for that. And the only other one I have is Jim Brown. God spoke to me and he said, he wants to start speaking through you. And it may be something small, like Jim said, to a clerk at Walmart. Or it might be something big. But God wants to start speaking through you. So you open up, you let God speak through you. He's got some words to speak through you to
2: people and they need to hear them. And Karen, I have a word for you. And, and you know that God has called you for great things. And it seems like every time you go forth, there's this great big wall. And you can't get through. And you say, God, I know you've called me. And, and I just see that wall crumbling down. I just see, Karen, you are a conqueror through the Lord Jesus Christ. You are an overcomer. And I believe as you continue to go forth, that, that wall, I just see the, the wall crumbling. It's, it's a great big cement wall and it's crumbling, and you declare those things over you because you are a conqueror, and you will go forth. I just see you standing like that and saying, uh-huh. I tried, and, this, and, and, and it happened. And so you will go forth because that wall is coming down. Tanya.
3: That just showed me that sometimes you feel like you're that widow woman going to the unjust judge. You've gone and you've gone and you've gone before God and you've not seen the answers and you've not heard the answers. But God said, there's going to be that open door, just like the unjust judge heard the widow lady. God hears your prayers, Tanya. He hears every single one of them. And I just see this bank vault door opening. And God says, Tanya, I'm going to pour it out. I am going to pour it out. You just keep going before me. You just keep praising. You just keep doing what God's called you to do. You're going to see the blessings. Brandy. (laughs) God showed me that you're like this joy bubble. And you don't even realize it, but you just bounce here and there and here and there, just bringing joy into the lives of other people. That... Your zest for life is like that joy bubble into the lives of other people. And, Brandy, God wants you to know that you are special in his eyes. You are that encourager to others, but to yourself. So many areas you think I've not measured up. But God says there's no measuring about it, Brandy. You're his child, and he delights in you, and he takes great joy in you. There's lies from the past about who you are that you need to renounce once and for all. That's not who you are. God sees you as his delight and as his daughter, and he loves you. Get rid of those lies. Get rid of those accusations and all of those descriptions that the enemy has fed you about who you are. You're his.
4: I don't know your name, but you're sitting behind LaTanya, the lady. Is that purple or blue? Anyway, God wants you to know what this sign over here says. You matter. And he says that sometimes you feel out of place, but you're going to find your place right here. He's got a place for you to serve, to be his hands and feet. And he says, as you pursue the right path. He said, He said, you're going to know joy like you have never known before be in his hands and feet. You matter to him.
5: I just want to say, some of you are like, is this for real? Does this really happen? That really goes on. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you three th- three things from my from my own life, real quick. Just just to let you know, dude, this is absolutely f- for real. In 1991, I had a dream. I can, still today, I, still, I can still see the pictures right here today, as if I never had, uh, before I ever knew the places. One place where, where I would attend Bible college, never seen the never seen the campus, never seen the building. One day, saw it on TV, and I knew that that was where I was supposed. to, I mean, just like I knew. I remember looking at my mom going, "That's it." What? And I can remember in that same dream. Guess what? I I find myself ministering in a church in a cornfield. I didn't even know this place existed. Honestly, I, I knew nothing about church around. But no, I I mean I knew nothing. At that, I mean I, this is for real. I can remember somebody speaking to me about. I remember Mickey Robbins was be here last week. He, he didn't make it. We were sitting like kind of over here, kind of right behind where uh, Jason and Tanya are sitting. In that old sanctuary over there. And he's he he he's preached in the middle of Sunday service. He preaches and he goes, This young couple right here, Rachel and I weren't even married yet. We were planning on it, but we hadn't gotten there yet. And he says, This come right here. And it's he right in front of us. And he goes, God's got to work from the Lord from you. And he begins to recite things to us that we had just conversed over at dinner time, lunch time, that afternoon. And I went about things I had hoped would happen, things about my life, about ministry. And I just collapsed on the floor. I'm like, what is that? Another time I can remember God speaking to me, and it, almost in that, that, I wouldn't call it an audible, I wouldn't audible, I didn't hear, but I didn't hear like with my ears, I heard it come in here. I was driving home from, from North Carolina seeing my sister. I can take you to the spot on the road, I know exactly where it was today, I could drive right there to it. It was on I-77, I just come through, through, through we just come through the doggone tunnel, coming, coming through for, from Virginia into West Virginia, not quite to the, the visitor center. It had snowed that morning. I still remember looking up on the side of the mountains and there was snow up on top. And it was on it was the last weekend of January. And I, I had months before I had about frazzled out on ministry. I was just through. And I can remember I I came into Pastor Eric's office and I said, I'm just done. I was volunteering and different things, and I was just ready to chuck in the towel, and I was through, and he said, Aaron, is this what God's called you to be? He's called you to be a full-time minister. I said, I believe so, and he's like, is this a step forward or a step backward? I went, step backward, and I guess, I suppose. I don't know, yeah, I don't know. And he said, we, we can't bring on staff right now, and we'd love to, but we just can't, and, and just keep, you keep seeking the Lord. That was in, Jan, that was in July, this is in January, like six months, seven months later. And I'm driving home, and I'm driving here, and this, you guys think I'm weird, this is, this is Star Trek-ish, Okay, just deal with me, okay? I'm driving, I'm driving the car. My dad's sitting right here. My, my wife is sitting back here. My mom is sitting right here. And all of a sudden, I promise, right there on I-77, right near that visitor center, everything went into slow motion. I'm driving. I'm like, what is going on? I look over at my dad. I remember watching his head go. And he's laughing, and his head's bobbing real slow up and down. I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. And not, not audibly, not like, not like some like Moses in the burning bush or nothing like that, just kind of inside, like right in here, I heard, get ready for full-time ministry. And the minute I heard those words, zoom, everything came back into real time. I'm like, what is going on? And so I'm like, okay, I just try to be cool about it, you know, and I, I, I'm driving home. I'm like, okay, God, if that's really you, I need you to do a couple things. My wife's gonna be okay with that because Pastor, because we can't, we're not, we're not, leave, we, we, they can't hire us, so we're probably going somewhere. So she's gonna be absolutely okay with us leaving and going. And so we have a conversation a week later, and she's like, okay, that's great, whatever, huh? I'm like, this might really be on. The other thing I asked the Lord was to either speak to Pastor Eric, speak to Pastor, speak me through Pastor Eric, or this lady right here, Nancy Carter. I said one of those people have to start a conversation with me about I'm not starting it. It has to be before the month, before the month of April. By the, first, by the first April, I want, I want to know that this is for, you, for real. On a Wednesday night, I'm sitting like about right, right here. Pastor Eric, we have we were worshiping in here, and, we were, and he, he grabs a microphone, and he comes, he comes walking over to me like, and as a youth pastor, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, my talk tonight is about sex. He's going to ask me to talk about it here with all these adult people. How is that going to go over? And my mind's going like 100 miles an hour, like, okay, okay, he's got the microphone. He walks right here, and he goes, the Holy Spirit wants me to ask you a question. And I went, okay. Oh, boy. I'm just like, like Jesse. Okay, he knows I have been praying like I should. I've been reading my Bible. I around here and he goes, he just wants me to ask you, are you ready for full-time ministry? I have no idea what happened the rest of that evening, I promise. At church, I have no idea. I'm just like, uh I walk home. I go home that evening. This is, this is no lie. I walk to the refrigerator. get a glass of tea out. My wife used to post a, a calendar right there. And my eye just caught the calendar. And I looked at the date. That day was the first Wednesday of April. And I went, this is on. It is really on. Oh, my goodness. Within a couple weeks, Pastor Eric and I had a conversation, and he's like, we're going to take that leap. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to bring you on full time. That's just it. Now, whew, I mean, just like right now, just a, a few months, right around that same time, my wife had a dream about a, a person I, w- I was currently connected to. And she saw me involved in a meeting with a bunch of people I really cared about around me. And she said, this person walks into the room, Aaron, they say something to you, you walk out, you walk back in, and you start talking to everybody who's with you, and you start trying to pay them back and go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for that to happen. And I'm like, what does that mean? And and it was like a word, it was a dream of warning. Next thing I know, this guy who I've been hooked up with and doing some ministry stuff with really went off the deep end, and we stepped away from a, a, a real close relationship Elsewise, I may have been just completely stuck up in something I didn't want to be, shouldn't have been stuck up in. You understand what I mean? Literally, it is for real. If, if, if God talked to Joseph in the book of Genesis, he talked to the other Joseph in the book of Matthew, he spoke to King Nebuchadnezzar, a total pagan through a dream. He wants to speak to all of us. If Jesus would take time with a lady by a well, and tell her her business, not for the purpose of putting her trash out, for, but because he loved her and he wanted her life to change. He will absolutely do that for us because we are his children. He loves us with a never-ending love. He wants intimacy with us, and he wants us to know that we are absolutely his. He is very supernatural. So I just want you guys to be aware that this, I mean, anything we talk about is absolutely in the Scripture. And if we think he's changed, the Bible says he's the Lord our God. He does not change. If he used to, he still does. And he still wants to. And he will stop a service and he will stop everything to make sure we get where he needs to for us to go. I'm done. I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm done. I'm always supposed to hold the microphone. Amy, I'm sorry.
6: I have to tell this story. Um, I'm not part of this prophetic team, and we've been coming here for quite a while, but. Um, I talk fast, so listen fast. In a nutshell, we had four kids. I was 20 weeks pregnant with Ivy when our son Alex, with Downs back here, was diagnosed with leukemia. And um, it was a hard time, it was a dark time, and we had to rely on a lot of people to care for our other kids when we were driving back forth to Columbus. And Ivy, we got through that. Praise God, he's still here. He's 19 and healthy. But um, when I was nine, Ivy was nine months old, and we had gone to my brother in law's wedding, and we got home, and it was a Monday, and I said to my husband, honey, I'm I'm a few days late on my cycle. And he said, well, how late? I said, three days. He said, what's three days? I said, I know what three days is in my life. And um, (laughs) the the test was positive, and I was freaked out. I mean, we weren't even sure if we wanted more kids after four. We'd been through such a hard time, and unfortunately, I was looking at what other people would think. If Alex got sicker and we had to farm out now four kids instead of three kids and all of that stuff. So long story short, pregnancy progressed, and um, I was scheduled for a c-section. I'd had sections with all the others and um, the week before I just felt like I I can't explain it. I just thought I'm not going to eat the rest of this afternoon and I'm going to go to the doctor tomorrow and just I felt like maybe he could be born a week early. I can't explain that except that it was God and um, when I went to the doctor that day she said how you doing? I said good. I said I think February 10th is a great day for a birthday don't you? We were kind of joking around like that, and I hadn't eaten, so if I needed a section, I'd be prepared, and I know that was a God thing, and um, she put me on the monitor, and I was contracting. Had no clue. I didn't feel contractions, but the monitor every so often was contracting, and she said, you know what? You're in labor. So I had to wait several hours because Dr. Villarreal was in Jackson, and he came, and he delivered Isaac, and the the birth went fine, and and he came, and we were excited, of course, and in the middle of the night, the nurse woke me up, and she said, um, I need to tell you that Isaac is breathing rapidly and we hear a heart murmur and we feel like something's weird with his blood counts. And of course immediately I'm like panicked. I'm thinking, oh God, you know, blood trouble, that could be leukemia, a heart murmur, could he have Downs? I was completely beside myself. And um, long story short, they had done some blood work and he had bled into me, his neonatal blood, and somehow in the birth we'd had a problem. And I didn't know what all of that meant. I just knew, great, my baby's sick, and now I'm going to be here in this room. And he couldn't come see me until like 7 o'clock that night because he had to have a transfusion. And I, I talked to Wayne, and I was nervous, and he didn't have to be transferred. So everything went fine. He was fine. Um, but that morning, I woke up, and I was missing my baby. And I remember saying, Lord, could you just give me a word about Isaac so I can be encouraged? Because I'm really sad about this. And we'd been through a lot with our kids, as I said. And I did the Bible roulette thing, which I don't recommend on a regular basis, but there are times if you ask God, here's my point, you might be sitting out here thinking, I don't have dreams. Have you ever asked God, Lord, show me my dreams, help me remember, because after this happened, I'm going to tell you, life changed for me. Um, But I opened the Bible, boom, Psalm 71. I wrote it down, thank God, it's in Isaac's baby book, but here's what my eyes fell on. Deliver me, O God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of evil and cruel men. For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. Okay, that was the word that God gave me. In the King James, it said, you have sustained me from my mother's womb. Okay, fast forward a couple days later. Isaac comes to me. He's great. I'm excited. I, I called Wayne and I said, honey, I have this funky, what was that bleed called? It was a... a fetal maternal bleed. And I said to Wayne, what would that have meant if we hadn't known? And he said, honey, if you'd have waited till your actual due date, Isaac would have died in in utero inexplicably. He would have bled until he couldn't have enough blood to sustain him. And that was pretty powerful. Um, Took him home from the hospital a few days later. A friend of mine who goes to Tabernacle, we'd been friends for a long time, she came to visit. She brought me a single rose. And I told her this story and she went white. I said, what's wrong? And she said, Amy, I had a dream the morning that you went into labor that we were at Red Lobster eating. This was that symbolic thing. We were walking out. We fell through the concrete, and you were hurt. And I was stressed out in the dream because you were pregnant. She said, I put my hands over your womb, and I just kept praying, Lord, please sustain this baby. Lord, please sustain this baby. And she said, I even woke up with my hands in that position praying, Lord, sustain this baby. And so I'm beside myself thinking, Lord, We could have lost him. Not only did you show me in your word that you said you sustained him from my womb, but then confirmed it because a friend had a dream about the same thing. This is what I feel like we're all trying to communicate, that God loves us enough not only to show us his word and his truth for us, then he'll confirm it. The word confirms the word. When you study one thing, you study another, and it proves itself to be truth he does the same thing through his word, through people. You'll have a dream. Then Eric will walk up and say, are you ready for full-time ministry after God's already said it? So he confirms who he is. That's how much he loves us. I'm done. Thank you.
5: They're done, I guess. Now that means I'm on the spot again. Listen, here's what I want to say. Stand up with us. They're going to make themselves available. If this morning you've walked in and you're like, I am a total wreck. And I just need some encouragement. I need some strength. I need some hope. I need something. We think probably like are going to tell your future, like this is what's going to happen, like Sarah wanted somebody to tell her about the car she was going to have or the kids. No, it, it, it's actually just taking the word of God like Amy just described and it coming alive to you and encouraging you and strengthening you. It always has to line up with the word, not just a It just can't be a word. It's got to be lined up with the word, wherever one of those are. And, and then, it, then it brings life because the word is life. They're going to come. If you, need, if you need encouragement in any way, shape, or form, like, like I sit here and I think God is supernatural. You know how God is supernatural? There's Scott Pritchard sitting there on the, on the end aisle way. He should not be here. He laid in the woods for three hours a month ago, having a widowmaker heart attack. The doctor said he should have killed him instantly. And if they catch him in five minutes, he has a 1% chance of living. He laid in the woods for three hours, and there he sits. I want you guys to eat lots of food to help he and Vicky out when you get ready to walk out of these back doors. All right? That's the supernatural work of God. Is that not is right, Scott? Huh? Is it his grace? Absolutely. It's all his grace. God is supernatural. God's why don't you come and make yourself available? If you, need, if you need some kind of prayer for anything, don't be shy. Don't be backward. The only thing that's stopping you is you. Let's pray. And if you need something, you can come, you come listen to what God has to say. And they only speak if God tells them to. If He don't give you anything, he gonna say, they're not going to say anything. This is the way it is. That's the way I don't, I don't give people stuff just because I want to say something that real important and spiritual. I just say it if He says so. Jesus, God, do your work in your people. Touch their lives. Change their hearts. Give them hope. Give them strength. Give them encouragement to keep going, to never give up and never give in, Lord. I pray your blessing and your joy and your peace over them God in this moment that God your spirit would move on their behalf God I pray Jesus you would do that work Lord you're honored you're great and you're amazing Jesus do it as only you can Father one of those people with the why. get here. I'm glad Tim's moving. Because you know what? Tim Tim spoke prophetically to me and he didn't even know it this week. I was at a meeting on Thursday night. A a guy read a piece of scripture and it just leaped on the inside of me. I was preaching at another church. A guy from the congregation reads this piece of scripture and it leaps on the inside of my chest. The next morning, I get a text. I get a text from Tim. Dude, check out Romans 8.35 me at 6 30 in the morning god's gonna give me something that was the exact piece of scripture that just you know when i shared it with like 15 people in that afternoon it just kept coming up god's god's in that if you don't know jesus here's the most important thing these guys are praying you guys go ahead and pray i'm not just, just have at it we, i never let you leave here no you don't leave here until you know until you know a way to find christ have access to this kind of intimacy with the father our creator you've got to come to the per- through the person of christ we have all sinned fallen short of the glory of god what scott just said about grace is absolutely true that's how we get access to anything and everything in the kingdom is through the grace of god we've all sinned and fallen short none of us measure up none of us have it all together none of us are, are perfect none of me nobody but jesus offers us access to the Father. He gives us the hope of heaven, and He gives us the power of His Spirit to keep walking and keep going. If you want access to that, the easiest thing is this. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord. You believe that in your heart, and He changes the whole ballgame. Jesus loves you. He wants you in His kingdom. He wants you in His family. It's not a matter of saying the right prayer, the right words, giving the right formula. It's a matter with your heart, you believe. With your mouth, you say, Jesus, you're the Lord. I believe that. Let God speak to you. Jesus, do your work in here. We love you and we trust you and we honor you, God. You are absolutely real. You're amazing, Jesus. In your great name we pray. Amen. If you need ministry, you come. I know William's hanging out over here. Latonia's already praying with somebody. I'm just hanging around. Patrick's hanging around. If you need somebody to pray with you, these guys are all busy. We'll pray. Walk, listen, leave here reverently as these are praying. Let God speak to them Go have something to eat. All right. We love you.